2: A numbers game on FSN, the sports betting network. I tell you why, I just cannot wait till Nevada has legalized sports betting. Oh, I'm sorry, we're on air. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least 4 legs on any MLB game, and if all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back and bonus bets up to $25. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and over wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued. Is non-withdrawable bonus Bets bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. U.S. promotional offers not available in Kansas, Mississippi, D.C., Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler at Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 8778 HOPENY or text Hope, New York. That's HOPENY 467369 in New York. Call 1 800 Next Step in Arizona. 1 800 327 5050 in Massachusetts. 1 800 bets off in Iowa. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel this offer not valid to Puerto Rico residents skill Alexander Wyatt Tom check hanging out in for the uh the ailing Kelly Bidlin we wish uh Kelly a speedier recovery I can't I don't think we can say speedy recovery anymore because that would not qualify
3: yeah because I would say he he said it started hurting him over the weekend so at this point you're just like cross my fingers that uh everything's okay
2: I'm concerned because if he if he keeps thinking it's getting better and then it doesn't, right? Yeah. All right. We hope for the best. So
3: it's like it's like a player trying to come back from a hamstring injury. It's like, oh yeah, he's day to day and well, you're just waiting for that day to keep coming and coming. Like
2: I said, or he's just sick of me. It it could be that as well. It's very possible. Or sick of
3: me. Oh, you know what? He's sick of Kev.
2: Hmm. Sick of Kevy Kev in the corner. Yeah, no. No uh, pizza
3: rolls today again.
2: Skill Alexander, I don't know if you know this, but it's August and we have betting lines in the NBA. Season wins in-season tournament all kinds of stuff nick whalen from rotowire joins us to uh, help us along how you doing nick
4: i'm doing well guys it's good to be back i know we were kind of in the the true dark period of the nba calendar for the last month or so but uh you know in a couple weeks here once this fiba tournament wraps up we'll almost be to camp
2: are you into the fiba tournament are you are you uh, enjoying it
4: I'm enjoying it. I, I always love watching, you know, the international basketball. I mean, it, it, for, for someone who loves the NBA, it's kind of like, you know, getting an all-star game where you get all these guys together and, you know, the, the Olympics are one thing, but I always enjoy watching these FIBA teams more. When you get the kind of secondary younger players playing together, you know, you got Caro playing at center. Uh, you got Jared Jackson, you know, kind of taking on more of a, uh, you know, offensive focused role that we've seen from him in recent years. So I, I always love to see the, the team dynamics because you're bringing 10 to 12 guys into camp that are all you know top three at worst options on their own team and you know how that hierarchy shakes out is always really interesting
2: are you betting it is it bettable to you or not really
4: i haven't been betting it i mean i, I haven't even looked if the lines are up for the exhibitions now when we get to the end of august and the actual tournament begins then absolutely i'll be in on that but i, I haven't bet the exhibition games
2: okay uh before we get to some things i mentioned at the top here i'm uh, contractually obligated to ask you about james harden and his uh, going off on Daryl Morey the other day, saying, I'm never playing for a team without a liar. I'm paraphrasing. Basically, that was the gist. Um, Sixers win total, we said it was 49 and mm-hmm. a half. Yesterday, I'll double-check on what it is now. Um, where do you, There were James Harden next-team odds that were up there, not currently at the moment that we're doing this. That I see them up uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think he ends up with the Sixers when all is said and done? What's your instinct?
4: I'm actually seeing some James Harden next team odds up at the DraftKings sportsbook right now. Oh, maybe and the Sixers are plus the pick, Sixers are plus 350 and the Clippers are minus 280, which to me is <laughs> an indication as to where these situations almost always end up going. Right. I, I think I've said the same thing on your show about Damian Lillard a few months ago when a player uh, of James Harden or Damian Lillard's caliber says, I want to play for this team. And that's the only team I want to play for historically, the player ends up with that team. Like Kawhi Leonard is kind of the only example of that not working out. And even Kawhi, you know, it's not like he really gave a destination. He just said, I want out of San Antonio. And you know, the Spurs sent him up to Toronto. But players just have so much power in these situations. That I think teams, rightfully so, are terrified to, to jump in uh, on the sweepstakes for a player like Harden or a player like Lillard. When they say, I want to go to this team and this team only, especially James Harden, a guy who we've seen, you know, kind of loaf it in other situations, force his way out of multiple situations just in the last few years. Like, I don't think we can assume that James Harden is bluffing. And, and you know, no matter what Daryl Morey and the Sixers put out there publicly, I, I, I you know, the word that Harden and his camp keep using is uncomfortable. You know, they, they want to make the Sixers uncomfortable heading into camp. And, you know, if there's one GM in the league, I think who's prepared to take this to a standoff, it is Daryl Morey. But the question is, if you're the Sixers, like, are, are you prepared to, potentially waste this season because i don't know if james harden and his camp are going to back down either
2: Mm. i'm not laying that kind of i'm not laying that kind of juice on on you know going to the clippers though these things have a way of shifting in a very strange way i if if i could have bet it if if the market's in front of me i probably don't bet it um let me ask you because the uh, they just have the the cup here the uh Commissioners Cup in the NBA, excuse the WNBA with the Aces and the Liberty. So mm-hmm. it calls to mind that Adam Silver's dream of having an in-season tournament in November is happening. Um, we have at DraftKings. There's there's group numbers. There's actually to win the in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. This is way ahead of you know when this is happening. Would would you imagine that this would be something that you will bet into? Because there is, I guess you know, we threw it out. Would the angle be that a team? you know, a young team that is just looking for a, a feather in their cap might try in a way that uh, another won't, or am I just am I reaching on that?
4: I think we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I have no idea how teams are going to handle this. I, I, I think the NBA, you know, behind the scenes, I think is really going to push for teams to take this seriously, right? I, I would imagine that we're not going to see, you know, if Kawhi Leonard's healthy, he's not going to be sitting out one of the play-in-tournament qualification games, right? I think the NBA is going to want to highlight this as much as it can, so I, I do think for the most part, you know, teams are going to take it seriously, but it, you're right. You know, it, LeBron and the Lakers, you know, are, are they really going to push to win the in-season tournament? Not necessarily. You know, I, I think your, 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 line of thinking is correct here. You know, some of these teams that feel like they need a feather in their cap, feel like they need to prove something during the regular season. Those are the teams uh, that, that I would target. If you're betting the in-season tournament and, you're not getting great odds uh, on a lot of these groups. And some of it, you know, you got to see how it shakes out, you know, where, where we are injury wise. By the time, you know, we get to late November and the in season tournament, you know, really, really begins in earnest, but yeah, you look at a team like Sacramento, for example, that's kind of like the exact type of team that it feels like might, might push for this. And it would really mean a lot to that franchise. They're in a group with golden state, Minnesota, OKC, and the Spurs. Uh, You know, if you, if you want to, if you're really excited, you know, about the, the in season tournament and you just have to put some money down. Yeah, maybe throw something down on the Spurs at or the, the Kings, excuse me, at plus two fifty to win their group.
2: There's so many things to bet on already at DraftKings. Um there's seeding there is uh, not only your standard to make the playoffs, but there's exact uh. season wins.
4: Oh yeah, there's a uh, whole Victor Wembanyama section.
2: A whole Wembanyama section. There's most regular season wins. Which, by the way, if you're scoring at home, it looks like the uh, oh, there's their matchups, right? Bucks versus Celtics, for instance. The the Celtics yep. are minus one thirty-five. The Bucks plus one hundred five. Uh, there's most regular season wins. The Nuggets and the Celtics are your short shots at plus three thirty. Um, The real one I want to ask you about is regular season wins, which are up. Was there any of these that stood out to you?
4: I think a lot of the numbers really jumped out to me. A lot of relatively low numbers, I feel like, for uh, the elite teams. You you think of Milwaukee; I think is down at like fifty-two and a half. Fifty-two and and a half. This is a team that, yeah, went healthy. I mean, last year they won fifty-eight, and you know, I think Giannis missed a little bit more time. Excuse me, than most people expected. They're basically bringing back the same roster uh not a lot of room you know on the edges to, to make tweaks to that roster I think you know maybe some of this line is implying that perhaps Brooke Lopez and what will be I think his age 36 season uh, maybe doesn't stay as healthy and obviously if, if that's the case uh you know Milwaukee's defense won't be nearly as good but uh you know getting basically a six win discount on last year from the Bucks uh was an interesting one to me so I'd, I'd go over on 52 and a half I, I think they're in that zone where you know, they've won the title. It's really all of it's title or bust at this point every year. They don't care if they win 48 games or they win 60 games in the regular season, but as long as they stay relatively healthy, I think they're going to be good enough to get to the mid 50s. Uh, you know, the Suns at 51 and a half is going to be really interesting. That one is shaded to the under on 51 and a half. And I, I kind of agree with that. You know, at, at this point with Kevin Durant, you got to pencil in what, 15, 20 games? Uh, where he's not in the lineup during the regular season. I mean, Bradley Beal has missed significant time. Each of the last couple of years, Devin Booker has missed time. Over the last couple of years, they have very little depth. And, you know, we've seen over and over when these super team builds come together, very rarely does that team start the season like 15 and 1. You know, you think of the Miami Heat back in the day. They were like, you know, 8 and 7, I think, through their first 15 games. Uh, I, I don't know that it's a given that this team, you know, hits the ground running and is just fantastic from the start. I think they're going to, you know, kind of strategically rest those guys, make sure they're where they need to be in March and April. So I actually like the under on 51 and a half for Phoenix.
2: All right. 54 and a half is the high mark for the Nuggets. 24 and a half is the low mark with the Wizards. Mm. Um, Oh, man, they can't get to 24 and a half. It's very possible. Uh, Just real quick, OKC, 43 and a half. Was that higher than Mm. you wanted it to be? We'll leave on that.
4: Well, as someone who loves this Thunder team and really likes the core that they've put together, yeah, I would love for the total to be sitting at, like, 19 and a half, but I could just hammer the over. Uh, well, yeah, not
2: that, 40, but 42. versus high 30s, for instance, right? Like oh, I'd, yeah, right, right. Know.
4: No, it, it's a little higher than I'd like. I'd still go over. I, I think this team, it, it, depending on how many games they want to win, that's what's been hard to judge OKC over the last couple of years because they've given so many games away. They basically have not had a center on their roster the last two years. So I think going from this rotation of G League guys at the five all of a sudden, Chet Holmgren okay. is your starting center. I think that's going to give them a big boost.
2: Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. Mike Pritchard on the NFL next.
1: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This
4: is a numbers game with Gil Alexander
2: on v Our Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, v the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Wyatt, what do you think? You like the uh, the buttoned-up collar as opposed to the plunging collar?
0: Mm,
2: I don't know. Okay. I'll get back to you.
3: But, you know, I will say you got rave reviews. And, I, I you know, send this to your girlfriend. Rave reviews about your clothes on Friday from Dustin Sweetelson. Oh, that's all D-Song. Fashion stylist. Yeah. I'm yeah. They were trying to back. figure out what what is that logo on Gil's chest? I couldn't even like, tell you. You know, uh, uh, Visa and Best Bets investigation by Kevin Kev <laughs> found <laughs> it for
2: us. He did? Yes. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, still to come this hour, Jason Weingart from Under a Cloud of Smoke talking baseball. Sia Najad on the PGA Tournament this week. The second leg of the FedEx Cup. The BMW on the heels of Lucas Glover overcoming Swamp Tuchus to win the first leg at the St. Jude. What an, what an event. Not only beating the field, not only beating Patrick Cantlay at a playoff, but Swamp us sweats down his thighs even. <laughs> it's the whole thing. It's an amazing performance. Uh And of course, we'll also talk to Mark Borchardt on baseball as well. Mark Borchardt joining us a little early besides, uh, or I should say before we do our Beating the Book Q3 podcast as well, which will take place after the show. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is uh, VEASAN's host. He is a former number one, uh, or I should say first round draft pick, a former national champion, but always a national champion at the University of Colorado, and one of Wyatt Tomchek's Immaculate Grid Picks, which we have to get into with Mike Pritchard, everybody. How you doing, Mike?
1: I'm doing great. How you guys doing?
2: I'm doing very well. Are you familiar with this game, The Immaculate Grid, Mike? I am
1: not familiar.
2: Okay, okay. I didn't think you would be. It's a, it's an online it's an online game. I play it. Right. I think most people play it for baseball. It's essentially you know, uh, like a tic-tac-toe board, but it's three vertical columns, three horizontal columns, and essentially they'll, you know, say Baltimore Orioles, New York Yankees, and you have to think of a player who played for both of those teams and plug it in. You're you're rewarded for the more obscure the player is. So Wyatt played the football version of it. Help me out here, Wyatt. It was the Broncos and the Falcons, and you put in Mike Pritchard.
3: Oh, yeah. These are... I've been waiting to use Pritch or Josh Towers for, <laughs> for Josh baseball Towers. for right. like ever. And I was like sitting there for a little bit. I'm like, Broncos, Falcons, who played on the Broncos, Falcons? And it just hit me. like The light
2: bulb went off. I'm like, oh, Pritch. What was his Pritch. percentage? 1%. 1%, Mike. That's good wow. in Immaculate Grid. That's very good in Immaculate That's great. Grid.
3: That's so, awesome. So a- thank you. Pritch, from the bottom of my heart,
2: appreciate you helping you're me very You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I can tell Mike's thrilled. Mike's <laughs> you know, my like, plan I,
3: was hatched way
1: back when for you too, Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
2: if I get traded to this tier, I sign with this That's team, right. 30 years from now, Mike uh, right. Wyatt Tomchek will be able to put this in Immaculate Grit. All right, there you, it is. Because you played the game, you're the perfect person to ask this of, as we are in the uh, middle of the preseason. Now it's only three games, now it was four when you played. Tell us... What the, what does this mean to different types of teams? In other words, if you're an established team like the Chiefs or the Bills, I'm going to guess that it's less significant than it is to others. But was there something, you know, and, and, and in that context, did you see something from a team that really needed to perform well in preseason or leaded, need, needed to answer some questions where you were like, okay, that was something to move my needle this past week?
1: Yeah, you know what, Gil? I mean, it's a great, great question because I think um, – you know, what's the, what's the reason for preseason, right? And, and a lot of times uh, teams are trying to set a tone or, or teams are trying to establish something. Uh, when you think about new coaching situations, whether it's an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, or head coach, a uh, new quarterback situation, I mean, at some point you have to establish the tone for the season. Uh, so last week I, I thought some teams were able to do that uh the Raiders were one. I think the I think the Steelers established themselves that way. Um I, I think the Ravens have continued uh, doing what they normally try to do in preseason, although uh, my I have reservations of why Lamar Jackson's not playing uh, with a new offensive coordinator, right? Um oh, I that's think interesting. New England. Yeah. Yeah, I think New England with a new offensive coordinator. Why didn't Mac Jones play? Uh, you know, those kind of things. Even if it's a series of two, just to get your feet wet, where we saw, you know, Russell Wilson playing. Uh, well into that preseason game against Arizona, right? So I think this week we have 20 teams in joint practices. Uh, So from a betting standpoint, we're going to get a lot of information uh, starting today, Uh, maybe even yesterday, if you go back and do some research in terms of uh, these preseason practices and what teams are trying to get out of these preseason practices. So for me, I'm waiting for teams to kind of set that tone for the 2023 season. Including San Francisco, I, I think San Francisco has a bit of complacency going on right now. No Bosa, you know, we, we we got this great team. Our quarterback, you think he's going to be okay? We got a new defense coordinator. We, Bosa's is not even in training camp right now, and and so uh, there's so many question marks. There's so many answers that need to to have happen uh, for the 49ers. I believe in in the preseason. So you know, looking at teams like that, investigating teams like that, but. Like I just mentioned, we got 20 teams uh, included in, in certain situations with the joint practices that get a lot of information from.
2: Yeah, um, I think I think in the case of John Harbaugh with Lamar Jackson, I think he said we're going to play him a lot more in week two. That was the plan going in. Right. Not as much week right. one, we'll play more. And that's the thing with having three games now instead of four. Teams play it so differently. Like, again, with the with a four-week arc, We could really count on them playing everybody week three and then sitting everybody week four. We don't know what each team is doing now with the three-game arc. Um, What about the rookie quarterbacks? Each of whom, when I'm talking about Bryce Young, uh, who's going to start for Carolina, Anthony Richardson, it was announced, is going to start for Indianapolis game number one of of the regular season. We don't know about C.J. Stroud, if he is yet or not. D'Amico Ryans has not made that official. And uh, there was, you know, there were offensive line struggles for a couple of them. In the case of Anthony Richardson, he just you know, there was a couple drives that started inside his own ten yard line. So not everything was necessarily on their shoulders. But did you did you glean anything from any of those three guys this week?
1: No, no, not, nothing uh, significant. I mean, uh, I think Anthony Richardson he was going to be the starter. Uh, we knew that yeah. he was going to be the starter. Uh, you know, same thing w- with Bryce. Uh, I think. Uh, he has to start. Now, CJ uh, uh, Stroud, I mean, that that's interesting uh, because you do have Davis Mills and you do have somebody uh, who's established and somebody who can uh, have everything look okay. Right? And so if you're Houston, you're at the point where you need things to look okay. I mean, are you going to be competitive? Or are you going to start winning games? Perhaps you might steal some wins. I, I think from a betting standpoint, people are optimistic about Houston. Um, you know, if you are Indy. I, I think Indy has designs on competing uh, and Anthony Richardson gives them a great chance of doing that. So naming him the starter uh, and molding him to what you want him to be uh, with that Colts and that uh, that Colts offense. I mean, I, I think St. Shane Steichen's done the right thing right there. And then Bryce, I, I, you know, Frank Reich and, and everything so new uh, in Carolina, such a departure for what they were last year. I, I I'm curious about what that's going to turn into. So uh, two teams, I think, going to have those slow starts. Uh, I think week one, Anthony Richardson, uh, the element of surprise, uh, he might hit the ground running, uh, and he could be a pleasant surprise for the Colts. I've never, I
2: have never—I don't think I've ever asked you this, because you and I have talked about the 1991 Falcons, which you were a member of, got to the playoffs under Jerry Glanville, um, were beaten by Washington, but during the regular season, Brett Favre who played for you guys came in the game cause Mark Rippin threw six touchdown passes. And it was a, it was a blowout at RFK, but Brett Favre got in the game through his first pick. I'm curious in that. Did you know quickly getting back to the rookie quarterback stuff or the young quarterback stuff? Mm-hmm. Did you know he was great then? Or were you like, eh, I don't remember anything particularly special about him.
1: No, you know, what's interesting, uh, Gil is and go back to preseason. Um, uh, Brett and I started that first preseason game against Rams and, You know, I had two touchdown passes. I caught a third um, from Gilbert Renfro. I don't know if you remember that name. Uh, Not (laughs) Gilbert Renfro. Yeah, yeah, quarterback that came in after Brett. But we had indications right there that, you know, this guy is going to be pretty good. And I think certainly if you're around Brett Favre, he was telling you, uh, how good he was going to be someday, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, given the opportunity, so yeah, it didn't look great in the pre in in that uh, postseason game against Washington. Well, I mean, Washington the weather and all that. I mean, were, history uh, suggests and, and tells you everything you want to know about that situation. But no, there was indicators that a young, talented Brett Favre, given the opportunity, could be better than what we had. Yeah, uh, it's just the reluctancy of the head coach uh, at that time, uh, Jerry Glanville, w- willing to to play that out. And as it, it turns out, I mean, we went to the playoffs, had a chance had made a great run uh, that year with Chris Miller.
2: Yeah. I, I'm just so curious about these teams, right? Like that. We won't hear about it. They won't be honest in the press, but like, are the Niners secret, you know, are the Niners at this point, are they looking at Trey Lance and saying to themselves, this ain't going to work? Like, I don't know. Right. Like yeah. how quickly do you know as a, as a coaching staff, let me just ask you this. Cause it's all mm-hmm. designed to, to help us with our bets. But right. but you have such a great insight that that us mere mortals do not, which is let's take a show like Hard Knocks. I know nothing like that existed when when you were playing, but it's the Jets this year. There's cameras all over. In fact, the uh, the show's narrator Liam Leif, Liv Schreiber is actually on this week the, the first week at Hard Knocks, and he actually asked Aaron Rodgers. He says, "Why don't most teams want to do this show?" And Aaron Rodgers, I think, accurately goes, "You know, they just don't want the attention, the distraction, all the cameras." Do you think ultimately, with a team like the Jets, and this is just speculation, but I'm curious your thoughts specifically, does it help, does it harm, or does it have no effect, do you think, having this experience?
1: You know, just watching it um, and getting a feel and a sense, Robert Salah's done a great job. I mean, um, yeah, it's a distraction, but can you handle it, right? Uh, we all have distractions, whether it's the crowd, or you're on the road, or whether it's all these cameras you're playing in front of. Uh, national TV all the time, or your national TV. I mean, the, the spotlight is on the Jets, and they know that. They've embraced that. So a team like this, I don't think it's going to hamstring them at all. Like a younger team, uh, a team that comprises of a lot of young players that just don't know their way through the league, maybe this could influence that a little bit, the distractions. But I, it feels like the Jets can handle everything, as long as they don't have anything Uh, controversial, right? Uh, And it doesn't seem that that's going on with the Jets right now. They're having fun. They're loose. They just need to execute. Um, So the spotlight, it's five episodes. I mean, I think anybody feels like they can get through that, right? And and so uh, it's been entertaining right now. uh, But to me, it seems like Robert Sala, the head coach, and certainly Aaron Rodgers have handled it the best that they can right now
2: yeah you're probably right if it was Washington as much as I'd like to see it I would probably think <laughs> like you like oh no this might not be a good thing
4: right thank right. you Mike
2: always great appreciate it all right my Mike, pleasure Mike have Pritchard. a great day thanks Mike Pritchard at MI Pritchard see you in the shot on golf next
3: Numbers game on Vsin, the sports betting
2: network. Oh, this is good stuff right here. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with our own Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview and the only place to see it is on Vsin. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some unbelievable betting stories and gives the deets, gives the details on Phil Mickelson's gambling including trying to bet on an event that he was playing in. Check it out. The interview is Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only, exclusively, right here at VCD, Tuesday, August 22nd. So, six days from now. Looking forward to that, Billy Walters with Brent Musburger um, on the heels of his book release. By the way, Billy Walters' book release. Uh, it's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomjack in for Kelly Bidlin. This gentleman is not only a, a PGA analyst; he's also the NFL analyst over at uh, Sportsline, co-host of the First Cut podcast. And we welcome him back to the show. Sia Najad joins us. How you doing, Sia?
5: Gil, I'm doing well. And it, it's so crafty. You're such a pro. When you were on with Mike Pritchard last segment, you mentioned you were able to weave in the last time the Washington commanders were relevant. Of course, that was 1991. You got a chance to mention Brett Ripon, us crushing the Atlanta Falcons. And I got to say, it's a nice segue to me telling you tomorrow we are Sean Taylor days away from yes. NFL kickoff, which I cannot wait
2: for. Yeah. now is that 21 or 36? Which Sean Taylor are we talking about? We're going with twenty-one, and that's yes. mostly
5: because that's what Santana Moss is holding over my right shoulder. That's right, twenty-one.
2: First of all, you're on to me. Secondly, uh, what is your excitement level like? Where is your where is the Cianajad NFL excitement needle? Is it pinning right now?
5: Oh yeah, it's at a, it's at a ten. I mean, as soon as I saw helmets and pads, which really was the Hall of Fame game. I was, I was all in and I'm all in right now. I'm doing prop shows. I'm doing team totals. I'm doing all of that stuff just from a betting standpoint, but I just can't wait for the season to start to watch some regular season football. And and honestly, I know you weren't going to ask this, but I'm trying to find a way that the commanders are going to be good and maybe wild card bound.
2: I can't find it. Yo. Yeah, I'm trying to, but I don't know. I mean, what's the path? Sam Howell is actually the Heisman hopeful Sam Howell that they, uh, you know, got a great steal in, in the third round of the draft a couple years ago, and then, you know, Terry McLaurin is incomparable, and the off- it's the offensive line, right? Like, I mean, if it sucks, it sucks. That's the problem. We don't know about the offensive line.
5: Yeah, when you're trotting out Sam Howell, you want to have a reliable offensive line. I think mm-hmm. that's really the big problem, but we have Eric Bienemy and if, listen, if Sam Howell is average to slightly above average... Combine that with Eric enemy and then all of a sudden the offense can start clicking. You don't have to lean on the defense quite as much. But I really do like that Washington defense. I just, it, I just, it, especially in the NFC East, there's a lot of losses that pile up when you when you got the Cowboys and the Eagles, and, and the, maybe they split with the Giants. Hard last, to see anything beyond that.
2: Last name, uh, last year of the name Commanders, correct? It will be changed to something else next year. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, last thing on the NFL before we get to your uh, your golf your single most controversial take or most unconventional take heading into this season is?
5: I've got a lot of them, but I'm going to go with the Titans to win the AFC AFC South at plus 350. Um, I just think there's just too much rhetoric surrounding the Jacksonville Jaguars who were very average last year until the tail end of the season when they got to play some sort of watered down quarterbacks. Don't forget the reason they got into the playoffs is because they got the opportunity at home to play Joshua Dobbs, who was only on the team for 13 days. That, of course, was that Tennessee Titans team who had the lead the entire game except for the last three minutes. So, I mean, I just think we're talking about Jacksonville like they're this elite AFC team. And I could see a Mike Vrabel team, which, you know, they had some bad injury luck last year. And I think, you know, Tannehill, hopefully playing the entire season as opposed to 12 games last year. I mean, if he had played the full season, they would have made the playoffs in my opinion. So uh, I think the Titans at plus three fifty is, is pretty live considering who else is in that division. I
2: like that answer. All right, let's go golf. It is the second leg of the FedEx cup, the BMW championship, Olympia fields, North course, um, on the heels of Lucas Glover, winning his, uh, winning a back-to-back tournament at the, uh, St. Jude. He's going for a three-peat back-to-back-to-back and the likes of Patrick Cantlay, who he beat in the playoff last week, uh, who had was going for his fourth FedEx Cup win in six, which I hadn't realized that he'd won three of the previous five. So I guess now he's going for his fourth and seventh. It's a field of fifty. It goes from seventy to fifty. It'll go to thirty next week. What are your thoughts? Let's start with the outrights on this.
5: Yeah, I mean Cantley. Cantley was really good. It's sort of Cantley season. I think he's okay at ten to one. But if I'm going to take a short shot, and I don't normally do this. I'm going to take Roy McIlroy at plus 650 because he is definitely, and I don't think, I think there's objective evidence at this point, he's playing better than anybody on the PGA Tour right now. Now, Tita Green, Scotty Scheffler was that dude for this entire season, but he's regressed a little bit Tita Green. He's still amazing, but he's still regressed a little bit Tita Green, and Roy has really caught up and surpassed him off the tee, on approach. Uh, even with the around the green play. And then the putter, of course, we know is a big problem with Scotty, not much of a problem for Rory McIlroy. So listen, it's a 50 person field. It's a field and a course that's going to demand you to be good have all the tools in the bag. That's why I don't think guys like Lucas Glover really have too much of a shot on this particular course. So if I'm going to narrow the field to, to guys like the Rory's, like the Scotties, like the John Roms, Cantley's of the world, I'm going to go with the guy who's playing best. So I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy at plus 650. A couple more guys, I do like Tommy Fleetwood at plus 2,200. He's had a problem closing on Sundays, but he's constantly in the conversation. His finishing positions have been unbelievable over the last six tournaments. I believe we have four of them that are top six or better. It's just a matter of closing on Sunday, but you give yourself enough opportunity, then you're going to eventually climb that ladder and close on Sunday. So I like him at 22-1. to 1. And then a couple of long shots that I'll just casually mention. Russell Henley, Cam Davis, a note on Cam Davis. I think he's playing better than most people on the PGA Tour, and I don't know that everybody is recognizing it, and I think he has a shot at 50-1 to 1 to win this thing.
2: All right, you are known, I know you don't love this, Sia, but you are known as a first-round leader guy. You have a great track record on this. Not something you want to be known as, but you've earned it, my friend. Uh, I'm curious that you, you you like Tommy Fleetwood as an outright, and he's one of these guys that can always put together just an amazing round, right, in any tournament, but yet you don't have him as one of your first-round leader bets. Why is that, and who did you end up with? it's so
5: funny you say that because I I didn't want to pick four guys because we only have a 50 person field. I barely wanted to pick three guys. Tommy Fleetwood was the last man out. I actually initially had Tommy Fleetwood, Cameron Young and Ben on, but I took out Tommy Fleetwood and I added Cam Davis just because I love how Cam Davis is playing and his odds are longer. So I've got Cameron Young and Cam and Cam Davis. I mentioned them together at 28 to 1 and 35 to 1 because they're actually playing together tomorrow. So I'm hoping they both play well and they sort of draft upon each other with with good vibes. But Cameron Young, I don't think people are noticing. He's been really strong off the tee and really strong with the ball striking over the last 12 rounds. Now that's a short sample size, but I'm looking for momentum. I'm looking for good recent form. Cameron Young checks that box, and I just explained Cam Cam Davis certainly checks that box as well. And by the way, look at Cam Davis's finishing positions over the last three tournaments, all inside the top 10. My other guy is Ben On. Ben On at 30 to 1 as a first round leader. He is absolutely mashing it off the tee. The approach play has been a little inconsistent short game. He checks that box. So if the approach play and the off the tee are married on Thursday, then I, I honestly think he will be the first round leader. So for me, I've got cam young, cam Davis and Ben on.
2: I like it. You also have Tommy Fleetwood as a, as a top 10 finish at plus 175, I noticed as well. You know what this means, uh, Sia. This is absolutely going to be Tommy Fleetwood first-round leader, right? Like I know. It's, it's totally good. I know. I, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I'm going to cheat on on my picks, and I'm going to
5: add Tommy Fleetwood personally as a first-round leader. Yeah. And I think it's a 22-to-1, and that's what his tournament outright is. It's in that 22 24 to one range. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Fleetwood in general, and that's why I have him as a top 10 as well at plus 175, all he's doing is top tenning, and he's doing it the right way because off the tee, approach, around the green, putter, like they're all super green. Like he's really checking those boxes in a big way. He really, honestly, I, I think he's allowed to win this tournament. I like the outright at 22-1. to 1.
2: All right, and your matchups mirror some of what you've already talked about. That's right. I'm going to go with Rory over
5: Scotty, and I already explained sort of why I'm doing that. I think Scotty has started to, like, listen, he's still arguably the best golfer in the world. But again, we've seen Scotty sort of wilt late in the season before, and we've seen Rory kind of put his, his foot on the gas late in the season. That's what exactly what we're seeing right now. Love Rory's swagger too. watch Rory this weekend. You're going to see that like classic Rory, like walk hop thing that he does. And he's just got a lot of swagger to him. Love how the game is trending. I've got Cameron Young minus 120 over Tony Finau. This is more of a Tony Finau fade than anything, but I do like Cameron Young Finau's putter has been horrible. And his ball striking is very average. So really like Cameron Young here. And then Cam Davis over Sam Burns. This is this is a this is more of a fade on Sam Burns than anything. I mean, off the tee, he's lost five out of six, and Cam Davis has really been clicking. So I, I really like the minus one ten number there. And then finally, Ben on minus one ten over Tony Finau again. I'm fading Tony Finau. Ben on has been the better player over the last six, seven, eight tournaments. Ever since Mexico, Tony Finau has been actually quite bad, and I don't see him rebounding until after the offseason.
2: season. See and a shot, everybody, is BMW Championship bets. See it before we go. I, I never asked this question because you know we're always. Uh... I don't know if we're too cool for school talking about all these different betting markets. Who's in the super bowl. Who's winning the super bowl. What do you got?
5: I'm stubborn. I had San Francisco last year and I think San Francisco was going to win the super bowl. If Brock Purdy didn't get injured early in that game, we could go to a lot of things there, including Shanahan, you know, having reviewed the Devonte Smith catch on fourth down that changes the oh, complexion of the yeah. game. Maybe Brock Purdy doesn't get injured, but I've got the San Francisco 49ers against the Buffalo bills. I think those are the two best teams in the NFL, along with the Philadelphia Eagles but I think the Eagles and the and the Niners are more even than people think, and so I'm going to give. Even though I love Sirianni, I'm going to give the nod to Kyle Shanahan there. So give me the Niners to win the whole thing.
2: I like it. I was I was right there with you with the Niners last year. What a bust that game was. Jeez. Yeah. See C N E J A D. Everybody, thank you so much. C, appreciate it. Thanks, Gil. At S I A N E J A D on Twitter, NFL and PGA analyst for SportsLine, co-host of the First Cut podcast. We'll come back. Mark Borchard joins us again. Just before he is uh, going to do the Q3 Derivatives podcast, Beating the Book podcast with me, he's got his baseball plays of the day. That's on the other side. Numbers Game Visa the Sports Betting Network.